Extreme Vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. We are not merely defining words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. Today, we join a conversation with Abraham and Aaron. Abraham has researched the word of the day, while Aaron has not. Today's word, onomatopoeia. Hey, Aaron. Hey. Hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, half-life, half-dead. That makes sense. No, Is that the good. game, Half-Life? Is that what you're talking about? No, that's just how I feel. Yeah. You know what we're doing today? Uh, I have a vague idea, like usual. Yeah, okay. Well, our word today is onomatopoeia. I know this word. Can you say that ten times quickly? Onomatopoeia, onomatopoeia. No, don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to test you. Anyway. Anyway, our word today is onomatopoeia. It's kind of a strange word, isn't it? Uh, Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> oh man, let's not talk about that, okay? No more Pokemon Go. Can people please stop catching that stuff everywhere? Anyway, um, our word today is not even really an English word, I think. Right? It's, uh, so where does it come from? It's Greek, right? Oh, uh, that, that, that would make sense, yes. Yeah, it's two Greek words actually put together. Mm-hmm. So we have the word onomatos. And then we have the word poia, right? So poia is where you get the word poem, by the way, right? And then onomatos is sort of what it sounds like. It's the word name, right? It's the naming, the nomos, the word nomos. Um, And poia actually doesn't mean really poetry, but it means to make, to make something. So anybody who makes anything is considered a poet in a way. Um, Anyway, so... I was just trying to get anyway into the meaning of those two words so that I will be able to say the thing that I always do, which is say two things about this word onomatopoeia. First, it's that it's imitation and also that it's language creation. So our word for today is doing two things. It's imitating and it's language creation. So I'll just let you go off, dude. What kind of words are onomatopoeia? Uh, let's see, zoink. What is, uh, what? Zoink? Where'd you getting that from? Zoink. You never heard of zoink? No. Okay. Um, okay, where's your list? <laughs> uh, biff, right? Your typical onomatopoeia would be like, oops, right? Yeah, oops, what is oops? Works, right? Oops is just a sound that, it sounds like it's spelled, right? Is that a good rough layman definition? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I... I mean, yeah, we're, I guess uh, onomatopoeia is like we're imitating sounds, right? Right. So you have words like boom. Right. I don't boom, know why there's so many B's and Z's, by the way. Like boom, bam, zip, zap. <laughs> it's uh, uh, the Adam West Batman is what did it to us. Yeah, that's where we're getting all our onomatopoeia from, right? A big portion of it, at least, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, all these words, right, like slap, buzz, whack. Yeah, I'm totally seeing Whack. Batman <laughs> punching all the bad guys here. Thwap. You're um, thwap. That's the sound of a celery when it hits the um, a vinyl for the movies. It makes a thwap. Oh, yeah. can th- you, you can make a thud, too, also. A very deep thud. 
I wonder if you can actually guess this word uh, or this sound. Wind. Oh no, but not but not wind. It would be uh, whoosh or no. I forgot. <laughs> you can try to guess. I mean. I mean, the whole purpose of onomatopoeia is, right, is yeah. that you're, like, trying to imitate a sound and that mm. you should be able to tell what it is. Yeah, well, that's the wind, obviously. Is it? To me, it is. I thought it was, like, a heartbeat or something being measured by one of those EKG machines or G, EKG machines. You're too smart for this podcast. Am I? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, like, part of what onomatopoeia is doing, right, is, like, trying to imitate sounds. Um mm-hmm. And uh, trying to get, I guess it tries to be as close to these sounds as possible, but really it sort of doesn't work out in, in real life, right? Like we try to imitate these sounds that we hear out in nature, like what sound does a dog make when it barks? Well, first thing I think of is, okay, it's a, it's a deeper dog, a uh, big dog with a deep kind of growl, uh, not growl, uh, bark. It would be a woof. Woof? Yeah, I would think of woof first. And then I think of a little yappy dog. <laughs> that would be the the yeah. chihuahua. Yeah, and, um, then, and then maybe a, a medium dog would be arf. Yeah. So okay. So even in English, right? We have all these words that are trying to imitate the dog barking, right? Mm-hmm. But and so we have things like wolf. We have the word bark, mm-hmm. which is. I never heard dogs say bark. I mean, it doesn't right? sound like bark. <laughs> Right, so like I've never heard that either. So I would say like, well, is that onomatopoeia? Like, or or what happened there? Right, like why is that the word that defines the sound? <laughs> That's what happened. You didn't see the gesture, but uh, use your imagination. <laughs> or what about our our most recent one? Actually, it's it's all over hip hop, right? It's bow wow. Well, all over. It used to be all over. Right. It used to be back in the '90s when we were young and free and awesome and beautiful. Yes, you used to be very beautiful. What happened to you, man? Uh, time is the great enemy. So. Oh, I, I'm sorry. One more last one. Scooby Doo. He's, he's questioning me. And sometimes we say raggy. He's actually trying to talk. Isn't he's he? trying to talk. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess uh, all these words are trying to imitate like the sounds, right? But then we have like all these different words for it for the same thing. So we have like wolf, bark, bow, wow. Too many. Um, within English itself, but then you could even throw in like a bunch of words from other languages, right? So like. You speak Spanish, right? So like, más o menos. What, what did, what would be words that would describe a dog barking in Spanish? Wow, 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 wow. El wow, wow. I've heard that before. It's like, watch out for el wow, wow. Right. You refer to, you tell kids, yeah. right? Uh, you don't call it a dog. You yeah. refer to it as wow, wow. Yeah, especially the little, younger kids, they would be more likely to say that versus the you know perro, 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 perro. On each episode of Extreme Vocabulary, we like to feature a piece of literature that features today's word. Today, Efren has brought us a poem. Hi, Efren. Hey, how's it going? What do you have for us today? Um, well, I have a poem with, with, I think, a really good example of onomatopoeia. But I did want to say that there's also a famous example in T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland in the fifth part. 
and people will probably know what I'm talking about, the listeners, but I didn't want to use that example because I figured everybody would know it. So I decided to use a poem by Yusef Komunyaka called Ode to the Drum. Okay, um, did you want to tell us a little bit about that poem? Yeah, well, well, I'll talk a little bit about Yusef Komunyaka first. Uh, he's an African-American poet from Louisiana, a uh, Vietnam War veteran, and it's funny that we're having this discussion about this because a lot of his poetry, it has a lot of sort of rhythms to it where all of his poetry is almost sort of imitating a drum, like the rhythm of his poetry, right? Mm. Um, but if you want, I can just read this one. I think this one has a really unique case of onomatopoeia in it. Okay. And I'll explain why I think it's unique um, afterwards. So let me read it. Ode to the Drum. Gazelle, I killed you for your skin's exquisite touch, for how easy it is to be nailed to a board weathered raw as white butcher paper. Last night I heard my daughter praying for the meat here at my feet. You know it wasn't anger that made me stop my heart till the hammer fell. Weeks ago, I broke you as a woman once shattered me into a song beneath her weight, before you slouched into that grassy hush. But now, I'm tightening lashes, shaping hide as if around a rib cage stretched like five bowstrings. Ghosts cannot slip back inside the body's drum. You've been seasoned by wind, dusk, and sunlight. Pressure can make everything whole again. Brass nails tacked into the ebony wood, your face has been carved five times. I have to drive trouble from the valley, trouble in the hills, trouble on the river too. There's no cola nut, palm wine, fish, salt, or calabash. Kadoom, 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 kadoom. Now I have beaten this song back into you. Rise and walk away like a panther. That's the poem. Okay, great. Oh, wow. Well, first thing I want to note is um, usually we feature a piece of literature that uses today's word, but yours more... Uh, uh, how would you say? <laughs> it, it features what it, yeah. an example of onomatopoeia. Great. Yeah. Features an example yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, what I'm getting from it is it's a very primal human experience that he's describing. Um, a, a lot of defining male-female relationships and also the relationship maybe between man and animal. Um, what did you like about that kadoom, Efren? Well, one of the things is that the way I, I know when I voiced it, I sort of, one of the kadooms was very harsh. And that was because that's what the poet the poet does when he voices this. In mm -hmm. other words, he changes the word is K A D O O M. So mm -hmm. it's like this created word, right? Kadoom. But the way he voices it is is it as if to really hammer home the sound of a drum and the sound of a rhythm. So like what the way I did it was the way he did it. Because mm -hmm. I could have just went like kadoom, 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 mm -hmm. kadoom. Kadoom. Uh, well, you, you made me want to dance right now. Yeah, well, I can see your feet are moving under the table. But, um, yeah, so I thought 
that show the way sort of onomatopoeia part of it is is the voice right what the voice is bringing to it as well right right it's utterance yeah i felt like your last utterance of kadum had a little bit of pathos to it maybe more so than uh than enthusiasm yeah it's i think i think the last one was like um like yeah they, i think the exhaustion with the rhythm maybe like the the sort of the last like the last bang of the drum the last kadum kadum the end yeah wow uh, one thing that I wondered, you know, I guess poetry is a kind of a, a literature that asks you to listen to every word and maybe highlights the, uh, the texture of each word. And I saw the word even drum a lot. Do you think drum is an onomatopoeic word? Yeah, I mean, listen to the line, ghosts cannot slip back inside the body's drum. I mean, that sounds rhythmic like a drum right? mm. I mean the word drum itself also has a hard D right? D, the, the harshness of a, like hitting of a drum the right? hitting of the drum and then the um is the like the ringing out of the drum mm -hmm. it sounds like mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and kadoom has that too yeah right which I don't have you ever heard the word kadoom anywhere else is this did he make up this word for the purpose of making that sound oh yeah uh, episode 13 of Batman uh, yeah, this you know the '60s series with Adam West. One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, actually, Robin hits the Joker with a drum, and it says "Kadoom." Are you serious? No. Okay. <laughs> I was I was about to just like lose it, uh, but yeah. No, yeah. I've never heard that. Oh yeah, so um, yeah, that's another thing to think about. Do people make onomatopoeias all the time? Yeah. I mean, I think I think in I think definitely in in this case, I was. The other thing I was thinking about with this... Not necessarily all the time, let me take that back. But a lot of times I will be like, you know, I was a little like, meh, meh, about it. Mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't even know how I'd uh, write that down. M-A-R-Q-U-E. I was a little, little Merkew about it. Merkew, M-A-R-Q-U-E. Sorry, I cut you off. No, like, just, I'm starting to think of, like, all, all, is it all poetry in some way onomatopoeic? Or is all language trying to be rhythm? Is all language trying to be song, right? Like, mm. so I mean, a professor of mine says that he defines poetry as uh, language that's attempting to be what it's describing, right? Which I think is sort of like onomatopoeia, right? Um, that's interesting because so much of what poetry conveys is internal and would never have a sound, right? I, like my like, like you can't see this in the podcast, but my head is just exploded right now. What sound did it make? <sighs> How do you spell that? <laughs> How do you spell that? Um, P K S H H. P C. Yeah. P C. I keep wanting to put a Q U in everything. Q U E. Um, yeah. So I mean, I you know I just chose this poem because I thought it had like an example example of uh, onomatopoeia and like. And that was bolstered by the way the poet actually does, voices it when he voices it. Oh, well, I'm glad uh, you got a chance to hear the poem in person and convey some of that with us here today. Thanks for coming by, Efren. I always, anytime. For you, anytime. You don't call it a dog. You refer to it as wow-wow. Yeah, especially the little younger kids, they would 
be more likely to say that versus the you know perro. Right. So, so when we tell kids like we we actually name things according using the principle of onomatopoeia, right? Like we use whatever sound it makes. We mm -hmm. we teach them that that's what it is. And for kids, apparently, that's you know easy to process, right? Right. When they don't always have you know the the same verbal skills and uh, what is it mastery that we do mastery, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I suppose that all the all the vowels in the in the words, right, that we're using to describe a dog barking would be easier for kids to pronounce, right? So, sure. like in wow wow, we have the a and the u, right, and so that that really helps them be able to pronounce these things. Um, so yeah, so then we have so we have like bark wolf bow wow Spanish. We have the wow wow, and then. Josh taught me this one in Japanese. If you say one, that's also a dog barking, and it's also on the monopia. You sure they weren't calling a guy named Juan a dog? <laughs> <laughs> or Obi Wan? I don't know. So anyway, I <laughs> I think what's what's interesting about this is that we have all these words, right? All this this whole like range of words that are like trying to imitate the very same thing, but like none of them act actually are the same. They're similar, right? But mm -hmm. they're, they're not the same, which is kind of strange, right? Like we can't really approach the sound, right? Like we're incapable of actually imitating the sound perfectly so that we end up with all these, this whole range, this, all these different words to like, refer to exactly the same thing sounds like spanish right yeah i mean it's, it's so we have that like i said within english itself right we have all these different words for dog barking and then if you go to other languages we have all these other different words right sure. and they again they sort of seem to sound similar right like wow wow and juan but, but you know they're not exactly the same words no, right no language is exactly the same either Right, and that I think that's what I find interesting, though. Right, is that uh, we're trying to imitate something out there in the world, and we're sort of doing it all imperfectly, and like that's what language is, right? It's like this whole imperfect system of trying to imitate the world or trying to recreate the world, I guess, and yet it sort of fails at every single moment, right? It it doesn't do a good job of actually recreating the thing we're saying. So this is uh, this is part of like the imitation part of onomatopoeia, right? Where we imitate and it's always failure, right? Language is always failing us to describe the world adequately despite what we might think is actually something very transparent, right? That mm -hmm. language is actually not very transparent for us. It doesn't do the job of actually like, there's no one-to-one -one correspondence, right, between things, right? Like a guitar could be anything. Ah, so sir. Ah, so sir. You've read so sir. I know of him. Yeah. <laughs> I've sort of read. I don't remember much. But... I think we've all sort of just read. Oh, I feel like yeah. people or, or... like so sir are always already read. You know, mm, like we sure. just sort of. We read who read those who read him. Right. And wrote about Even him if you him. don't know him, you sort of just know him already mm -hmm. anyway we've yeah. sort of always already read him without actually yeah. reading him but yeah so it, the one-to-one -one correspondence between things right the dog the dog or the sound of the dog barking so mm -hmm. 
that's the other thing I guess I should say about this is that are we imitating the sound the dog makes or are we naming the dog right like when you say wow wow mm -hmm. we're referring to the animal right right and we're um at least something i think we are assuming that uh the child will later on differentiate once they've uh, developed and but for now this serves as uh, yeah just call it the wow wow we know because that's what it sounds like and that will make sense for the kid who doesn't understand like no this is really called dog this is whole thing called semiotics and sign and word are not exactly the same thing but they you know correspond to each other in our language or we say it, that it works that way right and so the other thing we're doing is that by by naming the dog we're not actually naming the thing but like we're referring to a sound the thing makes yeah right like the our word wow wow or bark or woof or bow wow or one right they're all sort of referring to the animal itself but through kind of the association of the sound it makes yes so um okay so that's the that's one of the things I wanted to talk about first, right? The idea of words imitating the things that are out there. But at the same time, I wanted to say that onomatopoeia is also language creation. Or at least I feel that's what it's doing, right? I guess I could say this is a theory of the way we actually we humans actually create language. It's that we go out into the world and we're just imitating it but by imitating it we're actually creating something new mm -hmm. right which i think sort of accounts for all the differences between languages we humans have a real bad real bad god complex don't we we <laughs> must create everything right? um i i yeah i i mean we're making right it's uh so onomatopoeia is all about making we're making things um with our with our words um so in a way what onomatopoeia is also doing then is creating language for us right we're reinventing the world as it were we're not so much really imitating it i guess because we're failing at that but we're mm -hmm. sort of like remaking it in our own image i would say mm -hmm. um so um Here's another point I wanted to make about that. It's sort of uh, a side point, by the way, is that sometimes I feel like onomatopoeia just sort of verges on being pure sound. Uh, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, so every word has a meaning, right? Like if I say iron gate, mm -hmm. right? We're referring to a specific I have a object. very specific picture in my mind of that, yeah. Right, right. So... But sometimes, like, onomatopoeia seems to be almost on the verge of becoming nothing but a sound that we're making. Like, um, I might not actually have a good example of this, but I guess I'll just say it. Whiz. <laughs> what is whiz? That's a lot of things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, of, first thing I think of is uh, the little statue, you know. A little statue uh, peeing into the fountain, but it's water. So that's the, that's the kind of whizzing I'm thinking of. There's also the the film The Wiz. There's also you know a shortened version of a wizard, right? Oh, uh, you know Wiz Kid. All right, right. You know provisional Wiz Kid Abraham. Should I have not said your full name? Sorry. 
Can we edit that? Yeah, <laughs> total edit. Zoink. There's your cue. Yeah, so what is Zoink, by the way? Is that just pure sound, or is that actually I referring to pink, something? I think that's Pinky in the Brain. Pinky would you know make those random sounds. I think Zoink was one of them. So, okay, but that's that's like what I wanted to talk about, right? Is that just like a pure sound? Uh, yeah, I guess or so. Or does it have like a meaning when... I don't think it has a meaning other than he would just say it when he was... Uh, it, it could have been easily replaced by Narf. Or, um, that's another one. Narf. That's yeah. another one. What is that? The, the, see, that, that cartoon was genius. They, <laughs> it prefigured all the stuff we're talking about. It, yeah, it's a... <laughs> Like, what is NARF? Does that have any meaning with, at all? Or is a, it just the sound? Is is it a behavioral tick that he has? Or? Uh, yeah, it's almost like that. Like, he couldn't help himself. Like, he had Tourette's in a way, it seems. Yeah. Um, but um, there was also... Yeah, he would... It was just... Uh, I, I'm picturing in the script, it would just say, Pinky, ex, exclamation... Um, not exclamation. Uh, yeah, random exclamation. And it would just be either NARF, Zoink, or one of the other ones he used. <laughs> I love that cartoon. It, it was great, it was, yeah. And I always imitated those sounds too, right? The yeah. north and yeah, the yeah. zoink or, or whatever else they said. Yeah. But I, I always like brain snarky cynicism too. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm wondering like if if words like that, right? Like narf and zoink are like are sort of just nothing but sounds, right? Like without meaning. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of interesting, right? Like, can we have, like, this... Can something be a language without all the meaning, right? It, can it just be, like, this random... These random sounds that we're making? Um, we could do that, but then we run the risk of not being understood or thrown into the loony bin or a number of things. Social uh, ostracism... Oh, God. <laughs> Ostracism. Being ostracism, being ostracized socially, God, I had to go the long way. Ostracism sounds like onomatopoeia, by the way. It just sounds kind ostracism. of like a, it's nothing but sound almost, right? Except that we actually know the meaning of it. But You pulled it, that one out of nowhere. It's sort of, good. yeah, it's sort of just like if you listen to the word, it's just it's almost just like sounds, right? Like mm-hmm. if you went around repeating that, I might think you're crazy. But that's what happens also when we meet people who speak a new language, right? Like, we don't know what they're saying, so their language sort of consists of nothing but sounds. And mm-hmm. that's, this brings me to the word barbarian, by the way. The, the word barbarian that's a good was, one. like, what the Greeks would refer to, uh, the way they would refer to other people's languages that they didn't mm-hmm. understand. Barbaro. Yeah, so, like, saying, like, when they would say barbarian, they were trying to imitate the bar, people's bar. sounds, right? Barbar. To them, yeah, I've read this before. Thank you. It totally reminded me. It's like they, they would just hear, what are they saying? I just heard bar, 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 bar. Right. And that's where you get the word barbarian, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm listening to this other person's uh, language. I don't know what they're saying. Therefore, everything they are saying is nothing but sound. And I can imitate the sounds they're making, right, through mm-hmm. onomatopoeia. It's the bar-bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, so some, you can convert someone's language into nothing but onomatopoeia, right? Nothing mm-hmm. but an imitation of sounds. Yeah, that does happen quite a bit. Um, so that if you get rid of the, the meaning part of language, right, if all you have is um, sounds without meaning, then that's where you can... Um, sort of transform someone else and their language into barbarisms right into something that is not civilized right because it's all sounds and no meaning 
and we also get you know or i just thought this was interesting too but you know i was going back to barbaro you know spanish which is for barbarian you know um there's also an italian that's bar arabo for arabians you know it's like combining barbarian with arabian i've heard that before and then of course barba the beard because your barbarians always got to have beards right <laughs> And we're laughing because there's bearded people around us. Well, I'm the only beardless child around here. Uh, you're, you're getting there. I see it. I see it. <laughs> I see it happening. All right. Let me ask you something. Uh, is is beatboxing onomatopoeia? Oh, oh dude. Uh, yeah. Good question. Is it? Okay. That was horrible. Sorry. Horrible <laughs> beatboxing. <laughs> I might be I might be able to do a little bit better. Let's see if I can. I, I actually practice drum sounds usually. Oh, so you do this in your spare time? I when I'm bored waiting for the bus or something. It's like, okay. So That's there you good. go. You got a snare and uh, that was really and, uh, good. Yeah. You got to go on tour. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so really, that's all I think I wanted to say about that, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, I think onomatopoeia is like this really fascinating word that sort of tells us or gives us an idea of where language might come from, right? Mm -hmm. It, that we're sort of just imitating things around us in the world. Um, and that this process of imitation lets us sort of create language, right? Mm -hmm. Because we fail at imitating all these sounds, we're sort of creating language all the time. Humans fail at a lot of things, and no surprise, this is one of them. Yeah. I think we should create a bunch of m more new words, by the way. We should imitate, like, computer sounds or something like that, and name computer, computer parts according to their sounds. Okay, this is the whirly dig. <laughs> And this is the debilitator. Yeah. Like we should have like a bunch of more new words, right? For all this technology, like how come, like uh, the washing machine is wait is washing is wash already on the monopia? Wash. wash. Is that the sound it's making? I'm thinking now of washi washi from my Family Guy. <laughs> Who's that? He was um they were parodying Street Fighter and um. Uh, Peter was Ryu, I think, and he was Hadouken, Hadouken, and uh, Mr. Washi Washi, who was the uh, his dry cleaner, and they had a feud, and they started fighting, of course, and then so Mr. Washi Washi's like E Honda, and he's, <laughs> yeah, so it was Wash, go back to Wash. I don't know why that came up. <laughs> That's another one, by the way. You just mentioned another one. I, I'm sorry, I'm like just picking out all the words you're throwing out. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm here for. The Street Fighter sound. Uh, Oh, Hadouken. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you call Hadouken. that? That's, uh, well, Hadouken is actually supposed to be a uh, poor Japanese trying to, like, a poor uh, translation of Japanese trying to. <laughs> poor Japanese, man. Oh, poor Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. A poor translation of uh, what a fireball is, is. I don't know. I don't know enough, so. But the, all you can, though, is actually it's not all you can. We always we just say that because it sounded like that. Because it sounded like Because that. we speak English. Yes. Yeah. But it's actually Shoryuken, which is um, Dragon Punch. I think they refined the words, actually, right? Didn't the, those words change from cabinet to cabinet? From the... um, some sounded better than others, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't play all, every single Street Fighter cabinet. <laughs> I guess it's, uh, like, is that Hadouken? Is that, yeah. 
Is that like his magic spell that he needs to pronounce in order to be? Able I, to I guess that's like yeah, to get the chi like... energy pushed out. Yeah, you <laughs> you need that extra, you know, oomph to get it out there. And so that becomes the name of the f actual fireball that he shoots out. Yes, right? and we all call it a hadouken. Yeah, I was like, oh, you did a hadouken. Yeah. I remember one time my uh, my cousin after it was out in the arcades for a while and then it was gonna transfer to Super Nintendo so of course you know we we're chomping at the bit to play it at home and then my cousin Mike he says uh, to me and my cousin Ray who were you know anxious to play it he's like oh I played it before and he was probably bullshitting he's like it's uh, it's nothing like the uh, the arcade game instead of saying Hadouken he goes fireball 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 <laughs> And he's also the guy that told me in Mexico, they say, instead of all you can, which is really, again, we know is not what he really says, he says, they say, todo que tu puedes. <laughs> so his, uh, todo que tu puedes. Yeah, so believing in all him. All you is, can. That's just a translation of all you can. Yes. All you can be. So, yeah, don't ever trust this guy if you ever meet him, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being here, dude. Thank you for having me. Boom, 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 boom. Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Wagyan Paradise by Eriko Imura. This song is Boom Boom by John Lee Hooker. I'm Josh, your faithful producer, and you can follow us on Twitter at Extreme Vocab. See you next time. That baby talk. I like it like that When you talk like that You knock me dead That all my feet